Hello everybody, this is Paul Miller, and you're listening to the Tuna Town Talks podcast, located in Venice, Louisiana, the fishing capital of the world. Okay guys, this is Captain Paul Miller, we're with Mexican Gulf Fishing Company, and I'm here today with Captain Jimmy Gringo. I can't be happy enough to have you on today, Captain Jimmy. Say hey to everybody. Hey, hey everybody. Man, <laughs> this is something to do with Paul. I mean, I'm very excited about doing this with y'all and everything like that. Awesome, man. Well, before we get started, I'd like to introduce our very first sponsor. Uh, We are now being fueled by Yellowfin Vodka. And uh, me and Jimmy just poured us up a drink. And I can tell you, man, this stuff is really, really good. Oh, yeah, it's really good. (laughs) I mean, hopefully I can make it through the finish of this podcast (laughs) with this stuff. But, uh, yeah, hopefully it can. Nice, nice. Well, Jimmy, um, man, tell us, you know, you. I'm going to kind of give a brief overview. You, you've been a captain down uh, in the lower Louisiana and all over the world for, what, 30 years, 25? 30-plus 30 years. and 30 um, Fishing a lot of places. Um, you know, so got, tell us, start from the bottom, you know. Like, how would you get into fishing to begin with? Was it just like a way of life growing up? or? Well, the um, I was a boat cat, I mean – mechanic and i found out a guy got paid to do this for a living and i said oh shit i gotta get one of those jobs and then (laughs) it turned into a nightmare but turned into you know a profession and you know some people just can't get it to do this for a living and you know be respectful with people and everything like that but you got to be a well balanced person, right? You, you got to be, be a, a well balanced person <laughs> and and everything like that. And it's you know I I'm been very fortunate enough to fish all kind of places in the world and have 37 species on the fly, um, in fishing places and met I mean all kind of celebrities, all kind of people, and it's really a great profession to get into and there's nobody that goes into this profession to do it professionally (laughs) it's true it's very true so you're a charter boat captain but also private boat right so you you kind of yes sir yes sir all-around fisherman right yeah i mean i tell everybody that comes here if you really have to you know kill fish to be happy in your life you need to go somewhere else and go to church (laughs) and see the lord but to come down here and what God gives us of a beautiful scenery, great people, great everything, you know, and we do to get to catch fish, then the Lord's blessed us with a lot of stuff. And that's what I want with life is be blessed with life. Right, right. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's some, definitely some, you know, I've taken a lot of your advice when it comes to that kind of thing. You you told me one day, you said, you know, you, ca- you catch less and take care of it better. <laughs> yes, well. You told me that, and I I don't know, man, it's stuck. You know, I, I really believe in that. I bleed all my fish now. I've, uh, and I, other people also, you know, influence me to do that. But, like, you know, somebody like you that's older, that's been in this game for a long time, you know, people like me, younger people, people that are just now getting into fishing, we need to hear this kind of stuff from you guys because it's, uh, you know, once you've killed them, you know, once you've done the, the, the whole slaughter dock and everything, you, you find out that that's not what it's about. You know, it's about going out on the water. It, it's just about going out and seeing what the Lord gave us yeah. about Venice 
and we're losing a lot of stuff. We're losing land. We're losing fisheries. Where I fished at 20 years, 30 years ago, it's not there. It's way not there. And to protect our fisheries, we need to protect it, fish it better, clean our fish better, and send customers home with great meat to eat. And they'll come back and we'll so protect our fisheries. Started thinking about a lot lately is how 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 much people do use the freezers nowadays. You know, like I mean, we we haven't. Ha- I mean, back in the fifties, we didn't have the freezers that we have now, and it's like the fifties. You don't even know what the fifties were. You I don't. But it wasn't yes. that long ago. I mean, <laughs> yes. if you look in the span of time, it's not that long ago. I mean, when you when you start thinking about that type. Well, of you thing. know, in 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 that aspect of that too, when you send a customer home with fish, and you didn't get the bloodline out of it. You didn't get the skin off of it. And you send your customer home. He's got to get 10 hours of driving, 8 hours of driving. When he gets home, he's not going to fucking do it right. He's not going to he, vacuum seal it. He's not going to vacuum seal it. Majority of the fish gets thrown away yeah. in Venice than getting eaten. Yeah, and it's true. You know, I send my customers home with the great amount of eat. Like, I'm going to do it. Right, you don't. You don't. Whenever yeah. you go fishing, you don't fill your whole freezer up. So why should you do that for? No, I'll fill my day? freezer. I'll fill my freezer up, but my freezer is going to be vacuum sealed. Vacuum the meat's going to be right. Great to eat. The shrimp is going to be great to eat. It's well Everything taken is, care of. Right. Yes, mm-hmm. and if you don't prepare your fish for your customers to go home and just say, "Hey, this," and then. They have to do all this kind of stuff, and their wife's like, you ain't going to put that on my kitchen counter. Oh, you ain't going to do that on my kitchen counter. Oh, yeah. Well, you know how them women talk. Right. <laughs> if you have a wife, uh, you got to keep her happy. You know how she is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Man, so, like, um, whenever you were first getting into it, like, like, did you do a lot of, like, traveling, or was well, it mainly out when of I here? First got in, when I got in, first got into fishing is of the diesel mechanic by trade, and then I found out they got captains that do this shit for a living and travel around. So, my first trip, I went to the Bahamas on a boat, and in that trip, they said, oh, no. You ain't working for that company anymore. You're going to fish with us. And I took a half a salary and started working for them and went from Bahamas to the Keys to here to there and just. Were you like a deckhand or you ran? No, the no, captain. You were a captain. And I started fly fishing and just, man, it just turned into an obsession or an addiction. Mm-hmm. It's not an obsession, it's an addiction. Mm-hmm. And. The rods and reels that I have on my own, the places where I go and I ch- hire charter boat captains to take me fishing when I go to places because I want to learn what they want to do, how they do what they do. And that's how I've gotten to be successful in my business because that's they, really awesome man like I you know I've done that a few times you go out and charter other guides in different places and that's it's really cool to see because you see how they put on their charter you learn a little bit and well there was a guy take some give them maybe give them some pointers if they're nice guys you know Doc Lunsford 
and he was a great captain in New Orleans, and he told me, you can fix them, feed them, or drink them. And that's how you learn how to fish. He said, go to a place, and if you can feed them, which is New Orleans people, we all know how to cook. We can cook best on the dock. <laughs> and if not, you can uh, fix them, which is I'm a diesel mechanic by trade, so <laughs> I can fix them. And I can tell you a great story about that one in, Baja, in, in, in Mexico. And nobody hate, everybody hated me in Mexico until I fixed this one guy's boat. And then I became best friends with everybody. So, and then drink them. You get a captain drunk, he going to take, oh, good, man. Yeah, you need to go over here. You need to do this. Yeah, right. And that's how you do that. So, we've all heard certain stories, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So, for sure. Yes. That's one of the things I always tell people, too, when they're, like, looking to come book a trip with me you know talking about price and this and that and i'll say man you're buying an experience it should be the most that should be the easiest money for you to spend out there because it is for me anytime i go somewhere and i buy a charter or something it's very easy money for me to spend and I, you know i encourage people to always live life for the experience well like i tell everybody here that comes here that wants to fish here all you have to do is go to our fish cleaning dock right there and pretend like you're a stupid person and man what kind of fish is that and it looks like a, a speckled trout no it's a yellowfin tuna and you just talk stupid and those boys those <laughs> young kids that clean those fish they'll tell you all the secrets where they caught them at and everything like that they're just <laughs> it's very simple and it's very easy yeah but you know to come fishing here in louisiana it's I've been very blessed with my life of experiencing it with the early days with Mike Frenet, Mike Adams, and Ronnie Grignier. He is the best in the world <laughs> when it comes to inshore. I get choked up about Ronnie Grignier because he's still to this day, still inshore fishing. Yeah. And that is something to say about somebody who's been doing it for 50 years years yeah i'd he love to sit best. down with ronnie if you could ever he is i'm telling you i want to put him he's the best that's awesome man i definitely put ronnie man i hear a lot of good things of people you know i get i mean people that have been down here doing it that long there's people that come down uh, mike adams he was the best mike fernet i, I mean tuna fishing in the 80s mike fernet was the best mm-hmm. and i mean these old guys like me, just we've had the, the best times of doing this and starting Venice fishing, and it was good. Yeah, that's awesome, man. <laughs> sorry, no, man, you're sorry. good. You're good. You're good. I just love that's this. Awesome. The, I, the I, passion, the passion is there. No, I the see passion it. is still here, but trying to make Venice be good again is yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah, it is hard, man. It really is. It's a, it's a different thing, but man, you know, we're talking a lot about, uh, conservation and we're talking a lot about, you know, Venice as it is now, but I really want you to tell us some like, man, try to dive into a, like a really cool story. It doesn't have to even be here from out of the country or like a big blue marlin, a big tuna, you know, something like that, that 
you really think people would love to hear? What my favorite fishing story in my life is fishing with John Garrity on a brother-in-law. He calls me up and he says, "Hey, you know it's Father Day, you know let's let's go fishing." So I said, "I got to bring my kids, my two boys," and we go out and we catch two for five, two for four. I'm sorry, two for four on Blue Marlin and three for three on White Marlins. And both my kids got to catch their first billfish. Wow. With me on John Garrity's boat, the brother-in-law. And another kid caught a blue and a white, his first billfish. And to say, you know, you went and fished in the Gulf of Mexico and right outside of Venice one day and catch that fish and my kids is like said daddy we see why you're so addicted to this cause that is awesome <laughs> seeing a billfish they got jumping, it huh? they see it and one time and yeah, they got it yeah <laughs> and they just I mean like I see why you're so addicted to it but I don't want to do that for a living but I mean hey you, it's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. How many yeah. kids you got? You got three, three kids. Three kids. Princess hadn't caught our bellfish yet, but oh, I'm sure it's coming, right? Oh yeah, no, it's coming. Uh, <laughs> you know, and then sitting right here with you, and I got hooks, I got lures, I got everything right here. It's it's a this fishing is an addiction. Yeah, and it's a bad addiction. You know, I, I see a therapist. In, in order to be good at it, you can't treat it like a job at all. It's got to be a lifestyle. You know, it's got to be a lifestyle. Passion. But you know, I see my therapist, and my therapist says I've never talked about this fishing addiction. But here, go ahead and take this medication, and you know, here we'll see what we can do with it. <laughs> <laughs> and I see him four times a year, <laughs> and he still gives me the same medication, but he, it's still, you know, yeah. But you know, it's. Fishing is really an addiction. It's it's a bad addiction and not a bad addiction for myself because I make a living at it and I right. love doing what I do and I love traveling. I love meeting new people, you know, seeing people and to get them to think, you know, in Louisiana, how many guns have we had with kids bringing guns to Anywhere, nowhere. Because our kids hunt and fish yeah. for a living. Yeah. And we don't have that problem. Yeah. Take kids hunting and fishing, and they won't bring a gun to school. They won't do this to school. Yeah, they get experience real life stuff, right? This is real life stuff. <laughs> right. This is real life stuff, and just, you know, they, they realize what a gun does. And I yeah. mean, you know, and, you know, I don't want to get too far into politics at all. Yes, <laughs> we don't want to go there. <laughs> you can go for days on the guns and everything. Man. Yeah, well, just the politics and everything like that. But yeah, the uh, I mean, fishing in Louisiana is the best, and we do have great fishing. And take a kid hunting and fishing, and he won't do anything at school. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Man, so um, where, where name some of the places that you fished. You know, I know you did a lot of traveling. You already said the Bahamas. Oh, I've been through the Caribbean. I've been through um, in 
My favorite place used to be is is Puerto Aventuras in Mexico. Uh, we used to catch over 50 fish a day, sailfish, and it was fun going down there. But naturally, it was a place that they started populating and everything like that. And then, but um, down, I've been through all kind of other places of the Caribbean, of Turks and Caicos, to there and there. I caught a bonefish in Turks and Caicos, but uh, to the DR, St. Thomas, and all that. And, you know. Is Venice still your favorite place to fish? It really is. I mean, I just love being home. I love to Where'd you grow up? Which which uh, part of Louisiana? Gretna. Gretna. Oh, okay. I was born in in Hotel Du Hospital in New Orleans, and then moved to the West Bank. And I've been on the same street for a long time. And you know, uh, here wow. really is, you know, we can do a lot of things, but we just need to protect our resources, and we need to really look into protecting our resources because we're losing land. And we just yeah. yeah. What do you um? What do you, if somebody were to give you a magic wand and uh, said you know Jimmy, fix, make it better, fix it, and you know people would listen to you. You know what? What would you do? That's a hard thing to say. Of trying to fix things that have already been. We've had so many captains that fished here and moved further west and everything like that to get rid of the cluster that we have here. And, you know, we have it. it, It's hard to, it's really hard to say how to fix things. But I, I think it's a mentality shift. Mentality shift. Mentality. Like the mentality whenever people come down here, you know, they, they, you know, they, everybody's got a different mindset. Whenever they come down here, some people, a lot of people from Texas, like, man, we're coming to fill our freezer, you know? And then some people come down and they want to, they want to eat some fresh fish and maybe take a little bit home. Well, and I have home. some Alaskans. And then you got some people that come down and they don't want to take anything. I they, have some Alaskans ready. that come from me, that come fish with me three times a year and these people just love life. They love nature. They take pictures of every bird out there. And we smoke the fish every time. And they've never killed one fish. We release everything because they say they want to support the local fishermen here. And buy the fish here. So it's like, those people are just my best customers and and I mean some great customers I mean them the best customers but I have my Chicago professor that comes down and he never kills a fish neither I mean a lot of fish people you don't have to kill a fish to make yourself happy yeah if so, you, so you if you have to if you have to kill a fish to make yourself happy you need to go to church and see God <laughs> I mean really you need to see God just see God and God's gonna take you to places you've never been yeah. Because I can't do that by yeah. killing a fish. And this is truth. This is truth. You know, if you tell That's me that. I think it's like, you know, like whenever people first started fishing, you know, we would. 
I don't know. People have just had it out to fill their freezer for whatever reason. And uh, well, really, when I first started, the uh, it depends on how you get would, into it. They killed tuna. At no. They killed tuna, and they would push it in a dock, and they push it in the water. They would kill them. We killed. I mean, when I first started fishing. They would kill blue marlins. They would kill everything. Just push it into the river and let it just float down the river. Why wouldn't y'all eat it? Huh? Why wouldn't they eat it? They didn't know it was that good. <laughs> they didn't know it was that good. And when Lagasse finally came out and did blackened tuna and shit like that, next thing you know, everybody wants to eat them. <laughs> I mean, seriously. This is serious. <laughs> That's used crazy. to catch for the club. Used to catch fish. And we used to kick them in the water. To kick him in the water. Kick him in the water, off the dock. Man, that's crazy. And that's, you know, and then now we have this, and we're cleaning fish, and we're leaving the bloodline on it, we're leaving the skin on it, and send the customers home with that shit. That's that's not right. Yeah. That's not right. right. Yeah. Send your customers home where all they got to do is cut and eat. Yeah. And eat. And I think, I don't know, I clean my fish every day. I don't want to talk too much about that, but... I think that I think that captain should clean their own fish because you should take that should be your chance of the day to take pride in what you're doing. Is whenever yes. you are sending home people with their fish. If my customers want the skin line on it, I'll leave the skin line on it. If they don't want it on it, I'll clean it myself. And I clean all my fish for my customers because I'm gonna clean it the way I want to eat it. Right. And that's the way you should do. Mm-hmm. If Venice Marina would stop. The fish cleaning dock. Yeah. Watch how many people stop fishing. <laughs> watch how they or, would stop. Or the sheephead massacres the, might yes. stop. Well, that's that's going to come good because the commercial fishermen are going to go, you know, saying, "Hey, why is our catch just going down?" Yeah. And yeah. you know, and then they're going to try to tap into that. Man, I don't know. <laughs> God, we can go and we can go into politics. I mean, that's just <laughs> politics. But I enjoyed this conversation with you, and I enjoyed you thanking you to ask me to do this with you. And I don't know if it helps out anything with anybody else, but in this world, I enjoy this fishery. I enjoy Louisiana. We're the best state in the world when it comes to this. I mean, just, you know, we have a great state, and our politics, you know. Well, I'm going to go there. <laughs> Let's don't go there. All right, check, please. Hey, waiter, <laughs> check, please. Hey, how about some more of this vodka? <laughs> Yellowfin vodka is pretty good. Yeah. Man, um, is there any bit? I mean, you do a lot of tournament fishing, huh? Yes, Ever sir. Have, have any big wins? Any big? Uh... I've, I've won my fair share of, of, of tournaments and stuff like that and money and everything like that. But the stress of that. It gets to you, and I've had, you know, great fun and met a ton of people around the world fishing, and the network, when you tell somebody, I shared water with that guy, I shared water with that guy when he passes away and he passes away, and hopefully everybody will tell me the same thing, that they shared water with Jimmy Gringo, and that's really, you know, (laughs) my... Yeah, well, I hear you, man. I hear you. To say, I mean, just meeting you and just, you know, the time I'm spending with you and seeing that, you know, 
of we doing this together and everything like that and even you know finish and this and that to go travel the world that I've been doing like I said just it's mind-blowing yeah that's awesome man it's awesome that you're still so like at all about your job you know as, as to how blessed you know we are to be able to go out there and, and fish and entertain people for a living you know it's it's really it's a it's a really fun job man to I, tell to tell somebody that they caught their first blue marlin with me they caught their first white marlin with me yeah. my first white marlin was with a judge in this 25 foot Bertram sat in a warehouse and it was a 68 built in 68 and he gave it to his grandkids and the judge Lorano said you're not going out there in that boat until we put new engines in it so we put new engines in it and the first time out I caught it at Lena I caught my first white marlin in 84 I think it was and my first billfish I've ever seen in my life and it was I was addicted wow I had the addiction and yeah I had an addiction and it's like holy fuck I have to do this I have to do this more and then find out captains got paid for this to do for a living and next thing you know I'm getting involved and trying to be a captain and this and that and the addiction just came and and I have the addiction and if he can show you a video right now of all the lures and the shit that I have in my trailer right yeah, now. Yeah, you do got a lot. Yes. <laughs> and lures everywhere. <laughs> yes, lures and getting yeah. ready for this tournament. I mean, it's addiction. And, you know, both my ex-wives married me because they love this job, but they didn't want me to be gone. And Yeah, it is a hard one for the family life. Or anything oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's a, you know, it's... It's, it's a really a bad addiction. Yeah. It's a bad addiction. I mean, like I said, therapist. My therapist says he can't fix this. <laughs> but he can't fix this. He said, I went to college and I talked about this addiction, this addiction, this addiction, but not a fishing addiction. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. He's, seriously. He said... I never heard anything about a fishing addiction. But he had take this medication and then come back in three months and we're going to see if we can fix you. No, no. Uh, I finally got rid of him because he can't fix me. I mean, this... And my addiction is, you know, you can't buy one rod reel. you got to buy two or four. Yeah. Everything's got to be matching. And I tell Man. my customers, yeah. You know, Before be I got into four. this, I was working a construction job. The amount of money... That I would spend on fishing between getting there and tackle and everything else, you'd have thought I was a bad crack. <laughs> no, that's crazy. Just, just a fishers tournament this weekend. I mean, I spent a thousand dollars, and then the owner owns a boat, and just you know, I want to catch. Yeah, I want to be. You want to have some tea, meat in it. <laughs> I want to. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't mind not winning. And yeah. somebody else winning and being saying congratulate them for winning. Yeah. You know, but just I, I want to win 
and I'll do everything I can to win. Hell yeah. One last, um, I guess, question. Something I was always think about is like, whenever you first got into this, you know, we got all the best technology. We got GPS and all this kind of stuff. Like, whenever you would get up or whenever you were, I don't know if you were crossing oceans or, the, um, or whatever you were doing, like, I mean, I know you guys had Loran and stuff like that, but like, how much different was your day between plotting and all this different stuff and knowing the where you The first going? time I went to Mexico, I went with Loran. Really? And I had to plot the every hour on the hour on this Loran. And to see where I was. And then that first year I came back with Ronnie Grigne. God bless his soul. He is the best. And when we came back, we ran across some people that came uh, evidently off the island of some island. And we didn't stop. We saw them. They were flagging us down. And when we got back to uh, uh, Key West, they said, you didn't see those people. You didn't see them. No, no. Hey. <laughs> you didn't see those people. And they were, I mean, they were, they were adrift. They and were adrift, huh? Adrift. And that was, I mean, a, a good funny story. But we've had, you know, going to Mexico every year, we've had boats that would separate, sink. People would just, you know, and... In the early days in the 80s of traveling across from Key West to Mexico because the sailfish was so, we'd catch 100 a day. And it was a great bill fishing, you know, thing and, and just learning how to fish that area and stuff like that, you know, it was, it was great. It was, you know, and then, but, uh, you yeah. Yeah, man, that's pretty cool, man. I'd love just, to. The, back in the '80s, bro, it was just unbelievable of going and you see bait balls of these sailfish, and these sailfish were swirling around them, and then you can jump in the water, and you can swim with them and watch them. Oh my gosh! And I would love to do that. You know, you know, I like to dive, so man, that's just that was amazing. it was it was. <laughs> okay, I gotta say the F word. Get him. Go ahead. It was, Go ahead. It was this, po- this podcast awesome. is unconstant. It was awesome. It was awesome to see shit like that back then. And then now, you know, our our fisheries, just even over there, their fishery, um, they destroyed it with bombing and building and not producing, leaving the estuary of the fishery of being the way it is. But, yeah. so, you know, you talked a lot about like land erosion and stuff down here. Um, the big problem, uh, habitat loss. Uh, this cane loss is is major. Yeah. This cane loss is, I don't know why they don't have somebody, colleges saying, hey, let's get together Let's see if we can fix it. Yeah. You know, I had a, a, the, a professor at LSU, uh, Dr. John Nyman, on my podcast. He's a, a wetlands expert. And uh, he came on and, and talked to me about how wetlands are formed and everything. And 
the way that we lost and he, he had some pretty you know cool knowledge like i didn't had no idea that the land that's down here wasn't even here 500 years ago it's all sediment um sediment from the river that gets dumped down and it's the land is constantly being built back and he actually said that we're losing a lot of wetlands but we're actually building them uh just as fast just as and just in different areas well, and I don't it's know how a, much weed he smokes <laughs> that motherfucker nah, nah. <laughs> that motherfucker smoking some weed. I'll bring him down here and I'll show him places where I used to fish, and it's a mile. Well, that's what in. he's saying. Is is like it's it's eroding away, but like further up north, you know, in Mardi Gras cut and stuff like that. The CCA is putting in. No, you know, no, no, no. He ain't, he ain't, he's smoking some weed. I mean, fucking, I gotta get some ganja like he got. <laughs> no, this the. This this parasite or whatever is in this canes has got to get the canes. You think this is a parasite? There's like no. Something what what, it, what is it? That's killing the canes. Yeah. Wind. Huh? Wind. Water. When? When what? Wind. I think it's wind, isn't it? That's destroying the canes. They call it wind. Wind. Yeah. What are they calling? Calling what? What's killing the canes? I the have no the idea. white shit that's in there. Oh, I had no idea. There's stuff that's killing the canes. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Really? Oh, seriously. I didn't pull know up that. to any cane and open it up and pull a shock off, and you can see this white shit that's killing the canes. And <laughs> it's a parasite. It's a parasite that's killing the canes. It came off of a ship. Huh. I did not know that. What? I didn't. Oh, I swear, and like nobody's ever told me that. I mean, I really? see, you know, cane getting lost here and there. I just figured no, it's because of no, the wind. No, no, it's a major deal. And. They open up that cargo hole. They know what ship it came in, and they open up the cargo hole, and the wind blew this something parasite or whatever it is, and it's in the shuck of it, and you you can't treat it because of it's in the shuck. Mm. You know what a shuck is? Is yeah. when you peel it apart. That's a shuck. Yeah. It's in there, and you can't treat it. That's what's killing a cane. Hmm. And you know. Uh, you know, I think that a big way that we can help with that is hab- habitat loss is just, you know, the CCA just put out the uh, Green Monster Reef. You know, they're trying to build back more habitat and stuff like that. But, I w- you know, was, they're doing all this dredging and they're putting, you know, building back land in other places. But I always thought... The, like, dredging, could- the dredging should be put forth in the effort of where we need it to be and yeah. to keep the river system the way it is right. and south pass they're finally doing it they're pumping over there towards a freshwater bayou yeah. and that's going to keep that and then even tiger pass tiger pass is not going to be anything until they jetty it mm-hmm. all, all the way, the way yeah. i mean I like to tell everybody said you know when we used to run in the fog season Tiger Pass, that's the only place we went was through Tiger Pass, through fog season. And then everybody's running, you know, South Pass, yeah. Pass Lutra and shit like that. But, man, I don't know. Just, I think there is there is some uh, efforts to, you know, the Riggs to Reef program and things like that. The CCA builds back stuff. But it just seems like if they could, you know, build back areas of land for fish like make a lagoon make an area maybe put out some you know a horseshoe of rocks out of blind bay or something like that 
I don't know what the answer is, man. Um, but it seems like we need more habitat and whatever, you know. That would help us. You got more fishermen. If you make more habitat, you'll have more fish. You need to keep it local. And they're building... Uh, that's one thing I was going to mention was they're they're building back the Breton Islands uh, the on the Shandler Yeah, Breton Island is getting built back and both Gozier and Grand Gozier are flat. Yeah. There's, there's no, no... There's nothing there. There's nothing there. And then... I mean, the first time cool I, the first see. time I went to Gozier was Mr. Bill Harrington. God bless his soul. It's hard to talk about people that I lost, mm-hmm. but he was a great guy, and he was really. I mean, took me to Bretton Islander. I mean, Gozier the first time, and he was the king of Gozier. The king of Goja, Mr. Bill Harrington. Miss hmm. Sandy, everybody knows Miss Sandy. Oh, oh shit, I gotta stop. <laughs> I gotta stop. That's okay, man, I get it, but I mean, people that taught me how to fish, I get very choked up about it because these people taught me how to fish. Yeah, those are your idols, man. Yeah. I get that. Like, I, mean, I got my own for sure. I'm, yeah. I know I'll be in the same spot one day. Yeah. I mean, he was, he, Mr. Bill was, I'm telling you, he was a shit. <laughs> Great guy. Everybody knew Mr. Bill Harrington. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Man, no, you're good. You're stop. good. Stop. He was the king. He was a good trout fisherman, yeah? No, he was the best. I mean, and then you can see. Old pictures of, of, of Gozier with the shrimp boat on it, and that was Mr. Bill's. Mm-hmm. That was his deal, and you know, like yourself, that you don't see shit like that, and you never notice shit like that. And this was, was when I started. Yeah. And you know, I mean, this is making some crazy stuff, man. Just. That ain't there anymore. Yeah. It ain't it is, there anymore. That's so crazy to think about because, I mean, I think about all my best, like, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes right now. Right. And, you know, there's so many places that I fish regularly and that I know, you know, that, that I like to fish and just imagining all that just gone. Like, gone. Gone. I mean... That's just like that, I don't know, man. That's just mind-boggling to me. Portage and historical portage of you know going down there and and seeing a hundred and thirty-eight boats down there at Portage, and that we can't put boats in that that little bit of man. Good lord. Yes, one hundred and thirty-eight. First time I flew down there, I flew down there and to fix a boat, and he won the tournament. I worked on the boat, and he won the tournament, and the guy gave me five grand. That was my biggest tip back in 82, 3, 4, whatever it was. He won a boat out of Texas. They flew me in on a seaplane, and then when I was a mechanic, and did that, and just, you know, wow. I mean, the history, and in Port Eads, I mean, the history of Port Eads, of tournaments that old timers that know what happened back then. I mean, it, it was the number one tournament to go to 
and then now we have it this weekend, and we only got 20 boats. <laughs> we, we ain't got That's nobody. Crazy. We ain't got nobody because it's way up the road, and it ain't that much money, and yeah. but it's still, it's a historical, and, yeah. you know. You're fishing it this weekend? Oh, yes, sir. I'm fishing it this weekend, hopefully, and, uh, you know, just, man. What's the name of that tournament? New Orleans Big Game Invitational. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, it's, good uh, luck to you, man. I, yeah. I hope well, you guys, uh, what's the name of your boat you're on right now? Uh, the Big Boyd. And, uh, the Big Boyd. What the is Big that? The Big Boyd. What kind of boat is that? It's a 54 Hatteras. Nice. Uh, you know, hopefully everything goes well. I'm sorry I cry a lot, but, you know. <laughs> Man, just, no, I everything, really... everything in this this industry. If you don't love what you're doing, man, get the hell out of there and do something yeah, different. Yeah, do something else, man. Yeah. I mean, if you you don't have the passion, man, that's that. what's the the coolest thing I'm gonna take from this conversation with you is seeing the amount of passion that you have for this. Because I mean, not, I mean, you know, not everybody has that down here. No, it's no, not. It, but it's, it's not a job. But it's it's a passion. Right. It's, it's it's really cool whenever you know people actually find their passion in life. Like I feel like I have. I feel like I know that I want to entertain people on the water for the rest of my life. Like I really, I yes. just love it that much. Like I can't ever see myself doing something else. You know. Yes. And, yes. Uh, Yes. Man, it's really cool to talk to a, a pioneer of the Man, industry I got, and somebody I, that's, I got, you know, somebody I can actually talk to and learn things from. I, I really appreciate it, Jimmy, honestly. Like, oh, honestly. thank you so much. I mean, I, I mean, I, I thought a lot about you, that you came into this industry and, and you in this industry about this passion, about respect. It's a respect. Yeah. And... A lot of people in this industry don't have the respect about the industry of fishing and taking care of people. Yeah. We have people that come to the marina and I hear them, they had a bad time with this guy and this guy. And I tell them, it's like, hey, I'm sorry to interrupt your conversation, but please do not not come back to here. Get with me. I'll get you the right guy that everybody don't have the right personalities with each other yeah but we all love the passion of fishing yeah and catching fish so please come back to venice and let me put you with the right person with the right fishing ability that will give you the best time of your life yeah of fishing here that's awesome, man. That's a great way to put it. It really right? is. Yeah, ah, that's awesome. It's it's really cool that you do that too. You know, because like, not everybody's gonna job with everybody, but not everybody find... can get along with me. <laughs> I mean, I promise you, it's not everybody. Everybody thinks I'm an asshole, but I mean, hey, I can put you with the right people that right. you not, and next thing you know, that's who you back with the asshole. <laughs> So man, tell tell people how they can find you. Um, if they want to book a charter with Jimmy Gringo, how do you fishing with Jimmy dot com? Um, you can Google me and uh, say your phone number just so people if they want to yeah. give you five zero four two eight nine seven three seven five. Awesome. And if if you don't like me, I'll get you with another asshole. <laughs> that would. <laughs> no, I mean I mean honestly, this you know it is what it is and. 
you know, life is what it is, and we are all, yeah. you know, I'm meeting him, and just, he's fucking awesome, uh, having a conversation with you, and, yeah. Thanks, you know, man. it just, it's, you know, it's to, to promote fishing in, in Louisiana, like I was telling him, we've never had a kid bring a gun to school because we hunt and fish in Louisiana and we do this all the for, time right yes <laughs> so our kids know what a gun does and I know our kids know everything and you know take a kid hunting and fishing and they won't bring it to school I mean, take a kid fishing it does a lot for the soul man you got to see I told you got to ki- see life and death on a on a daily basis well I told my kids I said it. If you don't get straight A's, you don't go fishing with daddy. And you don't go hunting with daddy. <laughs> so get them straight A's. And then my, my middle man. son, he's in LSU. Got a full ride. Hey. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Well, um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, once again, my name's Captain Paul Miller from Mexican Gulf Fishing Company and Tuna Town Talk podcast host. And we are now brought to you and fueled by Yellowfin Vodka. So go grab your bottle today at your nearest liquor store. (laughs) Thanks again. Y'all have a good one. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram at Toonatown Talks. Also, if you'd like to book a charter with me, you can do so by visiting our website at mgfishing.com. That's Mexican Gulf website, where you'll find my online booking calendar with all my open dates. And remember, guys, always be safe while out on the water.